Hey everybody, long time no speak, it is Matt Hardman here with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast, our first episode of the new year, and we got a lot to catch up on. It's been a couple weeks since I've actually been able to record an episode um, due to the holidays and everything that comes along with it. Hopefully you all had a good holiday and a good start to 2022. Um, As we... uh, take a look back at some of the stories that have happened during that time. Uh, obviously, the biggest is the announcement that um, Richard Petty Motorsports uh, has been sold slash merged uh, with the uh, Gallagher Motorsports Cup entry, uh, now under the name Petty GMS Racing. Uh, Richard Petty uh, owns part of the new the newly formed um, two-car team and will um, still have Eric Jones campaigning the 43 car with their new sponsor, primary sponsor, I should say, uh, Focus Factor, among other sponsors, and will be a teammate to uh, Ty Dillon, uh, who was already announced for GMS, uh, moving from the originally planned number 94 car to the 42, a number with a long history with the Petties. Uh, first was the number that Lee Petty, uh, Richard's father, uh, another Hall of Famer there, uh, drove to not only the first Daytona 500 win, but also drove in 50 uh, cup wins in the infancy of NASCAR and was also the number that Kyle Petty campaigned um, during his formative years in the Cup Series uh, before moving to the Wood Brothers and being reunited with the number at um, Felix Sabatis' team. And we all know that Felix Sabatis uh, sold his team to Chip Ganassi, which in turn... Uh, late last season made the announcement that he was selling his team to Trackhouse. Now Trackhouse had no use for the number 42. Uh, so that is now, that number became uh, open again. So why not? Uh, this is a, a I, I sense good things out of this team. And this is going to be strong. And this will also keep um, Richard Petty in the sport uh, as it really looked like that, um, Richard Petty Motorsports was in serious trouble as um, its majority owner, Andrew Merjan, is now being investigated by the uh, Federal uh, Securities Exchange Commission uh, for fraudulent loans. Uh, Both him and his company, Medallion Bank, um, are in quite a bit of hot water with the federal government. Um, So that kind of explains why... um, Richard Petty Motorsports and everything involved with it. Uh, Merjan's uh, percentage of the team was sold to Gallagher Motorsports for $19 million, uh, which is interesting considering the price that um, Denny Hamlin and Michael Waltrip, um, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan, wow, let me try that one again, um, sold. Um, recently purchased the charter, just the charter, the piece of paper from the former Starcom Racing for $13.5 million, uh, guaranteeing them a starting spot for their second car. 
uh, for uh, Kurt Busch in the Monster Energy 45. So we had all that. We had um, a couple of other announcements that had gone down, like uh, who will fill the second... Um, The second uh, Spire Motorsports car. Uh, there's still rumors out there on that. Um, there is uh, the big name that's being thrown around is Josh Balicki, who finished very respectable for Rick Ware Racing last year. Um, and actually, while the Rick Ware cars weren't very competitive, they um, Balicki was able to um, log quite a bit of laps, more than both the Bush brothers and Alex Bowman um, in that Rick Ware entry. And uh, his name, along with Insurance King, has been thrown around to uh, the 77 car. Now, the 77 car uh, last season was campaigned with Justin Haley, um, Justin obviously moving to one of the two colleague racing entries. Um, the other colleague car is the quote-unquote all-star car, which will feature uh, Daniel Hemrick, uh, A.J. Allmendinger, who won last year at Indianapolis's road course in the Cup Series, and Noah Gregson. As those three drivers, three of the four who were originally listed um who not originally listed but three of those four were um actually competing for the xfinity series title in that final four race um at homestead uh, marking all four drivers in that final four will be competing in the cup series at one point or another this year um so that's kind of a big boost um and certainly great to see. Uh, you know, we have all that. We had the Snowball Derby um, as our big on-track action. Uh, that was won by Chandler Smith, who competes for um, Kyle Busch Motorsports uh, on the Truck Series side. But the story of the weekend was Derek Thorne, who won not only the pole for the Snowball Derby and led over 200 plus laps, the most um, anybody has ever led in a single uh, snowball derby race. Uh, he was the class of the field until a bump and run late in the race by Chandler Smith, relegated him to a runner-up finish. But he also led wire to wire on the Snowflake 100, the late model race held the day prior. Uh, that featured drivers like Noah Gregson and um, former snowball derby winner Joanna Long Robbins in the field so uh, we have all that um we're just a couple weeks away from the bush light clash uh at the coliseum out in la uh, that track's coming along pretty well um they are done repaving and configuring um atlanta um they're set to have a next gen test next year uh, next and within the next couple of weeks, I shouldn't say next year, next couple of weeks here um, on that new setup. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, this is the third time Atlanta's been reconfigured. It used to be an oval before they made it a cookie cutter track, much like Charlotte and Las Vegas and all the other SMI tracks. Um, 
this, it, it, they didn't completely refigure it like they did in 19, in the 90s by turning it into a trioval. Um, they cut down, they raised the banking, um, kind of made it more like a Darlington um, cookie cutter. Not that you can really cookie cutter uh, Darlington, um, but it is a very narrow track with a wide apron and high bank. So this is going to be very interesting. Um, so that's just some of the news to get caught up on. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going around. Um, you know, there were at one point rumors that Carl Edwards would hop back in the car, which he actually had refuted, um, in a, um, in an interview, I believe it, it was on XM radio, uh, where Edwards is very intrigued with the car tomorrow, but has no plans to return um, to NASCAR racing in 2022. Now, we all know Carl um, left in 2016 uh, after finishing runner-up uh, for the title for the second time in his career. Um, left on top of his game at Joe Gibbs Racing uh, to be replaced by Daniel Suarez. And, you know, with some compare conspiracy theorists um, still believe that um, that Edwards' sponsor um, and I don't even remember the sponsor's name um, the company had connections uh, with Suarez and wanted Suarez to move up to Cup. Um, we see uh, well that lasted. He didn't stay in Cup very long before he um, would be um, shifted over to um, you know, before he would be out of a ride at Joe Gibbs Racing. So, um, you know, and eventually now he's found a home at Trackhouse Racing um, and will be a teammate to Ross Chastain next year in with that team. Uh, so we have, you know, that, that's quite, a, quite a bit, you know, to digest. So I'm going to do something that I said I was going to do before, and that is pretty much grade the team's of the cup series um and probably within the next couple of weeks i will do my predictions i'm going to start off with rick ware racing uh, who we talked about with josh balicki they ran four cars they weren't real competitive i know balicki um actually had a, you know had that those stats of finishing races and all but you know the cars were a bottom tier team um i'm gonna give them a d um i would have normally given them an f uh, but balicki um being able to compete um to log the laps that he has logged uh throughout the season um more than many of the stars i'm going to give them a d um you know, and Rick Ware is cutting back their um, their Cup Series effort in 2022. Instead of running four cars, they will run two. Um, obviously, with the sale of uh, Richard Petty Motorsports, they lose uh, their charter that was tangled up with RPM, as that is now going to be the charter for um, Ty Dillon's uh, 42 car. Uh, so I think... Maybe they'll improve being a two-car team instead of um, 
stretching out their resources to four cars. Um, still no announcement has been made on who those drivers will be. Um, obviously, Balicki is going to move to... Um, is done with Rick Ware Racing. Um, I don't think that was a decision that either uh, Balicki or uh, RWR took lightly. And I think that is... That was their workhorse for last year, and who they get to replace it could be a very big if. Um, moving on, I'm going to look at another car in the field. Um, Starcom Racing with Quinn Hauf. Um, while they had sponsorship last year, Hauf was a... Uh, was like a blind cowboy all over the place. Um and involved in many, many wrecks. Um, that team just gets an F. Uh, it's understandable on why they would fold. Um, while they did have the sponsorship, you can't keep fixing cars week after week that have been an accident after accident. Uh, so I, I certainly see them. There is rumors that they will compete in um, certain races next year. Um, not a full schedule. Uh, as an open team, but as of right now, um, those are just rumors. Nothing been confirmed with that. Uh, so, and who knows, this may be, you know, the end of the road for Quinn Half. Um, but from what I've seen, it probably should be. So, moving on. All right, I'm going to tackle another team. Spire Motorsports, I, I, I want to rate them higher. But I'm going to give them a C minus. Um, C minus almost D category. Uh, Corey LeJoy was able to be competitive in some races, wasn't able to really uh, do a whole lot. Um, this is a another lower tier team. Um, obviously, they had the funding uh, with uh, Spire, and they're trying to build up this program. Um, with two cars, obviously, with the 77 and um, Corey LaJoy in the 7. Uh, so I kind of, I want to give them higher. They just haven't hit that plateau to really be a top 20 car every week. Uh, yes, they do have a win in the Cup Series with uh, Justin Haley. Granted, a rain-shortened win a few years back at Daytona. Um, but overall, this team is not there yet. Um, we'll see what a third year with Corey LaJoy can do. Um, especially if you get a, another, you know, another driver to kind of counterbalance, uh, what LaJoy brings to the table. Um, like I said, more than likely it will be Balicki, but there's other names that are still out there like Ryan Priest or Matt DiBenedetto or even a Ryan Newman if he chooses to. But, um, I think this is... You know, pretty much where they're going to be at unless, you know, they can really get a hold of this um, next-gen car and really um, figure it out way before some of these other teams do. Um, so that's where they are. They're like in a C-D category right there. Um, moving on, we're going to talk about another uh, another team that, you know, is working its way up the ladder. It's still a new team. Um, but I'm going to give 
2311 racing, um, the Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan owned team. I'm going to give them a C. Now, a lot of people kind of put them down as like right around that a C, a D, if you go on to some of these other teams and whatnot. Um, voting, you know, uh, ranking them. There, but I look at it this way. There was a very lot of hype for this team. Uh, Denny Hamlin, Michael Walter, two known winners in their sport. Um, Michael Jordan, obviously, is very successful at everything he does. Well, can be debatable when you when you talk about the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> I'm still waiting for a Charlotte Hornets um, championship, which probably won't happen. But um, I think that they will, um, you know, that they they had a rain-shortened uh, Daytona 500 win. Uh, not Daytona 500 win. Um, win, win at Talladega. Um I don't know why I said Daytona, uh, play track, but, um, they were hit or miss everywhere else. Um, but for a first year team, uh, with a driver who, you know, this is his first time really being in top tier equipment. Um, I, I think he, I think Bubba Wallace did rather admirable, um, and as hyped as everybody was and, you know, they felt that the team didn't live up to the hype. I, I had realistic expectations. I thought that they would be um, a top 20 team, top 15, but not quite on that cusp. But just the fact that they were able to knock off one of the first things in their bucket list it was a win in their first season. I think that is showing that it is a step in the right direction. Just, um, you know, baby steps you need. Um, so I kind of give them AC. Um, moving on, uh, we're gonna look at uh, the Wood Brothers racing. The Wood Brothers, I think, took a step back this year. Um, I know last year uh, they 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 achieved well um, with Matt D. Benedetto, um, made the playoffs, um, had a couple of. Um, Runner-up finishes, most notably at Las Vegas, and they ran strong. This year, it didn't click, and um, you know they they changed crew chiefs um, during the the latter third of the season. Things started to get a little better, but they're not where they were, and and eventually, you know, all the distractions with Matt. Benedetto um, going to be out of that ride, then possibly in that ride, and now back out. I think it just took its toll. Um, I love the Wood Brothers. Don't get me wrong. Um, the Wood Brothers are absolute legends in the sport. Um, long time. One of the original teams in the sport um, going way back to Glenn and Leonard Wood. Um, and I'd be remiss to... Um, Send my condolences to the Wood Brothers for the loss of um, Nancy Wood. Uh, so I I, I kind of feel that they've taken a step back, a, a C minus for them, um, and that, that's kind of hard to do. Um, another team, um, another long time member of the sport, um, Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, 
this one's kind of hard. Um, Eric Jones, who, granted, he didn't have all the pomp and circumstance of Bubba Wallace, put together a respectable season for the equipment in the team that they had and the budget that they had. Um, I'm going to give them a D. And it's no fault of Eric. It's no fault of Richard Petty. Uh, the money was there. They did have a, a good run at Bristol on the dirt race. Um, but they just were not um, competitive. It's not where you want to see that number 43 car. And this has been a slippery slope for years with this team. So, like I said, this is not on uh, Eric Jones. It's not indicative of his talent. Uh, which he does have. I mean, he does have a couple of cup wins, including a Southern 500. Excuse me. So that's nothing to really um, discount right there. But they just were not um, competitive, especially coming out of that, um, you know, where they were working alongside Richard Petty, uh, Richard Childress Racing, um, who we'll get to in a second. Um, they just weren't there. Um, so I can't give, grade them any higher than what I graded them. Now, talking of Richard Childress Racing, we're talking about teams on the slippery slope. Um, RCR. RCR has done a lot the past couple of years. Um, they've made some good decisions, obviously. As much as I like Daniel Hemrick and am a big fan I think um, re you know taking him out of that eight car and replacing him with Tyler Reddick is already paying its dues um, Tyler Reddick has some strong runs um, both last season and in 2020 um, but neither him uh, nor um, Austin Dillon were able to find themselves in the win column although uh, Reddick was a lot stronger um, then, um, then Dylan in many of the races, uh, I just thought that the team really wasn't fully there and I want to give them a C minus. Um, I think that would move up, um, from where they are had they actually been in, you know, gotten into the wind column, especially with Reddick. He had, you know, he's had a lot of strong runs. Um, so, uh, moving on, we're going to look at the the main competition for um, RCR going back many, many years. Uh, Roush Fenway Racing. Uh, now, Roush Fenway made the announcement that they uh, that they will be uh, joined by Brad Keselowski. Um, probably one of the worst secrets in the garage that Brad Keselowski will come on as the driver of the sixth car replacing Ryan Newman and um, taking over, you know, taking over partial ownership uh, with this new RFK racing um, faction. Um, but with Ryan Newman and Chris Buescher, they were, I don't want to say competitive, they um, just kind of were there. They really didn't do a whole lot. Much like Richard Childress Racing, um, Busher, who had um, a runner-up finish in the um, Coke Zero 
um, 400 uh, disallowed, um, you know, and being disqualified in that race. And that kind of gave way to um, to some other drivers making uh, top 10 appearances um, there. It, it, it kind of it kind of hampered what could have been a good season. I'm going to give them a D as well. Um, but things all, will be looking up, it appears, for the... Um, for them going into 2022. Um, next team. Uh, one of those teams that benefited from Chris Busher's um, disqualification is Live Fast Racing. Now, Live Fast um, was driven by part owner um, uh, BJ McLeod. I was drawing a blank on his name. Um, BJ McLeod and... Um, he was able to get a top 10 at Daytona there in the, in the summer. Um, but they were kind of a quiet team. They ran uh, multiple drivers. I believe it was Scott Heckert at, um, at the dirt track and a couple of others. Um, but they really didn't light the world on fire. They kind of, um, they were kind of where, um, Go Fast Racing was the year prior, uh, so I really didn't expect a whole lot for them, but uh, just the fact that they made it through the season and came away with a top 10, I'm going to give them a C plus, a little attaboy for the team, for the, um, the team owned by BJ McLeod and Matt Tift, and props to Matt Tift for um, making that Forbes list that 30 under 30 in sports or whatever it is, um, sports management or whatever. Um, I have major props to him on that. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Matt Tift fan and it sucks. I, you know, won't see him race anymore, but, uh, I definitely love what, you know, this team brings to the table and I'm looking forward to, um, the day I'm able to get that, um, BJ McLeod, uh, Gatorland car to celebrate their um, their top 10 at Daytona. So, moving on, we're actually going to start moving into some of the heavy hitters. Um, and not much of a heavy hitter here, unless you count the walls, but I'm going to talk about JTD Doherty Racing, the Tad and Jody Geschechter co-woman team with uh, Brad Doherty, another ex-NBA player and um, all-star this team I'm gonna give a, a D now the reason why I'm giving them a D isn't for effort um, actually I'm gonna bump their grade up I'm gonna give them a C minus um, neither Ricky Stenhouse nor Ryan Priest made the win column uh, a couple of wrecked cars along the way some of their own making, some of the, there's not of their own making, but the reason why I'm going to give them a C- minus instead of a D, uh, I actually had to think about this one for a split second. And this is the fact that Ryan Priest ran the 2021 season as an open team. They, um, they did not have their charter for 2021 for the 37 car, uh, the 37 car, yes. And um, due to 
granted, part of it was not qualifying, but part of it was uh, Priest was able to stay up in a high enough position in points and all that he was able to make all the races. I, I have to give him credit for that. Um, the team will be a single car team next year with with funding for only Ricky Stenhouse, which I think is a mistake, to be honest. Um, let's be realistic. I think Ryan Priest is the better of the two drivers. Granted, he doesn't have um, the fact that he has a couple of um, titles like uh, Stenhouse does in the Xfinity series or the fact that he um, has a couple of wins. But, I mean, Ryan Priest is a better driver. He, I mean, he has shown that at Nashville with his win in his first ever truck race. And he was very strong when he ran Xfinity for uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. But at the time, anybody can win in a Joe Gibbs car. Uh, but he has certainly shown that uh, the former modified driver, like I said, should be in that car. But I'm not the one paying the bills and paying the sponsors. So obviously the, there was more uh, in it than that. And I hope Ryan Priest finds a home Um either in the Cup Series with another team or uh, finds a upper-tier team in either the Trucks or the Xfinity Series. Um, because he deserves to compete week to week. I mean, worst case, he goes back to the Modifieds for a year and then finds another ride somewhere. Um, but I'm going to give them a C-. Uh, now we're getting into the bigger teams. Uh, these are going to be painful. But I got to do them. Um, I'm going to start off with Team Penske. Team Penske failed to put their three drivers. Um, we all know Rich, Roger Penske is a perfectionist. Um, expects the best out of his drivers. And I don't think he got it this year. Um, obviously, the distraction with Brad Keselowski, who came alive uh, later on in the season, was able to pick up a couple of wins. Um, Joey Logano picking up some early wins and, um, Ryan Blaney as well. Um, the three of them failed to get it done. Um, they're Blaney, uh, Blaney was the only one who, um, surpassed their 2020 totals in wins, top fives and top tens, but, uh, found himself struggling in other areas, uh, Logano and Keselowski both saw their numbers dip from 2020, and I really could not, uh, I I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. Um, and now with um, Austin Sindrick moving to the two car in 2022, I know um, he's going to have a little bit of a learning curve. He did run uh, some Cup races in 2021. Uh, he's going to have a little bit of a curve, but he's got. Um, uh, great teammates to rely on with Logano and Blaney. Um, so I think that they're, um, they're going to be on par for, for that, you know, unless Cindric really breaks out or we get the Joey Logano of old. Um, so I kind of see them in that category. Uh, the next team, and this one is this one was painful to watch, really, really painful. Um, and it is a team close to my heart. It is Stuart Haas Racing. D. 
And I say D, not because they had a bad season. A D only because um, if you look at just the stats for last year, they had they had quite a bit of wins. They had nine with just Kevin Harvick alone, and yet in twenty twenty one, one win, one win with the <coughs> the one driver who. Out of all four drivers I had picked with that team, that would have been the last driver I'd expect to win. And that was Eric Amarola at New Hampshire. Kevin Harvick was shut out. We all know what happened at Bristol. The less said about that, the better. I'm still kind of fuming on that one a little bit. Apparently, um, Kevin Harvick hasn't fully let that one go. Um... You know, if you've heard the the Dale Jr. download, um, he's kind of still not over that one. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't blame him. Um, but, you know, no wins. And that tracks Harvick in that four car was so strong that last year. Um, Chase Briscoe. Uh, Chase Briscoe, I, outside of the... Um, Harvick's run at Bristol, um, Briscoe, I think, was the highlight of that team. Cole Custer was just there. I mean, he was there. He didn't do anything. I mean, it's not like his rookie year where he won at Kentucky, um, the final Kentucky race, which is another thing I kind of disagree with. Um, but I think that this it was an utter disaster. I mean, Briscoe found him self battling for a you know possible first career win at one point at was it the Roval? It was at one of the road courses, Indy, I believe it was. Not not the Roval. But it it, it was such a letdown from twenty twenty that I couldn't rate them any higher than a D. I mean I would have failed them if they couldn't fucking win. I mean, Kevin Harvick couldn't even make it past the round of 12. But I think, you know, advancing in the playoffs uh, wasn't as important as getting revenge on uh, Chase Elliott. And, you know, maybe the only thing I can think of, you know, across the board, not just with Stuart Haas, um, but with all the Ford teams, you know, they their numbers dipped, but I think they are really putting more of an effort into the next-gen car and 2022. That's the only thing I can think of because all the Ford teams were down compared to last year. So, that leaves two big teams left to talk about. Um, the big two, and these were the, these were the, uh, the guys who, going into... 2021, who I, I pegged would be up there competing for the um, for the Bill France Trophy. You know, it would go to one of these two teams. Um, and I want to look at uh, Joe Gibbs Racing next. Um, Joe Gibbs Racing, all four of their drivers uh, picked up um, wins in the season. Um, but it was Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin. Um as two of the four final four drivers, no Kyle Busch, and no, I don't even remember who the fourth driver is. Oh my God! Wow! Wow! No, um, Christopher Bell. 
But Christopher Bell, I will surpri- I will say, had surprised me um, with his win at the road course of all places, at Daytona, at the second race of the season. Um, and I did miss the team. All right. Uh, so before I finish, I'll get to that one. Um, I am going to, you know, I, I got to say, an A for Joe Gibbs Racing. You had all four of your drivers. I mean, Kyle Busch had a kind of not quite Kyle Busch year. I mean, he wasn't winning races. Um, Denny Hamlin didn't win till um, the first round of the playoffs. But you had Martin Truex Jr. who, if he didn't have bad... Uh, I'm not going to say a bad pit stop because I'm not going to put that on the 19 team. Um it was just Kyle Larson had a better pit stop and um, won the race and won the title. But um, Martin Truex Jr., who I really thought him as like the third driver at JGR going into um, 2021, you know, he showed that you know he is still competitive and I know there's rumors of him retiring sooner than later um, calling it a career uh, but I think that he um, that he really shown it in Denny Hamlin Denny Hamlin outside of Kyle Larson was the most consistent car on that track that number 11 FedEx Toyota was the most consistent car um, and what, like I said, he was he may not have gone into the wind column until late in the season, but he certainly made it his presence known in the point standings. Um, you know, what's funny is four of the top five um, points positions were either Joe Gibbs Racing or Hendrick Motorsports. Um, obviously that fifth one going to Kevin Harvick, just by the way that the points rolled around, um, after, you know, after everything, it, it's mind boggling that it came down to a bare knuckle brawl between these two teams and even more mind boggling that you didn't have a Kyle Busch in there. Um, but like I said, I'm going to give them an A. I certainly expect them next year, especially another season under uh, Christopher Bell's belt, to have that team loaded to bear. I mean, they are ready to go. And I certainly think that um, that that there's going to be drivers under the hot seat if they don't perform at Joe Gibbs Racing, you know, whether it's Christopher Bell or um, Martin Truex Jr. with... Uh, Ty Gibbs waiting in the wings. Um, it's only going to be a matter of time, and I think that young man, um, as much as I didn't like him personally at the beginning of the season, I think he's going to be a generational talent um, like a Kyle Larson or a Kyle Busch or a Jeff Gordon or Tony Stewart or even a Jimmy Johnson who came along quietly uh, up the ranks. I think that those were generational talents, and I certainly see Ty Dillon there. Um waiting in the wings if these teams take a step back in 2022. Um, But I'm getting ahead of myself. We're ranking 2021. Um, So, obviously, I said I I missed a team when I was taking a look at Joe Gibbs Racing, and that is Front Row Motorsports. Now, Front Row was a two-car team. 
and they're going to be a two-car team next year uh, with uh, Michael McDowell and Todd Gilland. Uh, 2021 saw the Michael McDowell-Anthony-Alfredo combination. They were a tale of two teams um, out of the separate shop. Um, Michael McDowell, who um, had that unbelievable win, and I still scratch my head at that, had that unbelievable win at Daytona in the Daytona 500, um, really put the NASCAR world on notice. The third ever career win for Front Row Motorsports. Um, the They're only second ever at a play track um, behind uh, David Reagan, uh, which seems like a lifetime ago at um, Talladega. I think that, you know, McDowell had that, you know, he reeled off quite a bit, uh, quite a good string of races very early on the season uh, after Daytona, then going into the um, the Roval uh, at Daytona, the road course there. And um, I think he kind of settled back into place, you know, made the playoffs for um, front row. But Anthony Alfredo, I was talking earlier about... Um, Quinn Half being a uh, a blind cowboy out there on the track. Anthony Alfredo, every week, uh, he was involved in some kind of incident. Um, I think this young man, you know, he, he's a popular young man. I, I, I'm not saying I don't like him, but he was just all over the place. Um, that team could not get out of its own way. Uh, I'm going to give them a C-. Um, the only reason why they are not lower on the poll is because um, Michael McDowell's uh, early swing at the season, you know, he knocked it out of the park. Uh, let's be honest, he knocked it out of the park with Daytona, and there was no way that they could be ranked lower after that. Um, but his, you know... His um his spot there. So I apologize for that. Um, his spot there. He uh, I think you know earned brought that team up to a respectable grade. And finally, speaking of respectable grades, gotta look at Hendrick Motorsports. Um, Hendrick Motorsports across the board gets an A plus. Um, you had all four drivers make the playoffs. All four of them visited victory lane. Um, Alex Bowman with three wins. Three wins. Um, or was it four wins? I don't know. Not bad for a quote-unquote hack. <laughs> Thanks, Denny Hamlin, for that one. A um, lot of quotables coming out of Hendrick Motorsports this year involving them hack you know, wishing people a very merry off-season, uh, stuff like that. But um, Alex Bowman, you know, with that many wins, uh, Chase Elliott defending his title. Um, you know, I lost a lot of respect for Chase at, um, at Bristol and then later at the, at the Roval at Charlotte. Uh, but he... Um, 
he fought for that. He fought to defend that title, and he fought hard. I mean, he. I don't think he had a strong 2021 as he did in 2020 when he won the title. But at the same time, um, you know, his teammates really stepped up. Alex Bowman, like I said. Um, William Byron picking up an early win in the season. And what hasn't been said about Kyle Larson? Ten wins, a title. And this is for a guy who only raced a few races in 2020 um, before getting suspended um, during um, during COVID. Uh, this is it. It's mind-bogglingly insane on how good Kyle Larson is, and it's only going to get better. I mean, this is a this is a young man who certainly has all the talent in the world. Um, I think he may. I was talking about generational talents like Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart and um, Kyle Busch. Kyle Larson, I really do believe, is in a class by itself. The only, the only people I can ever really compare Kyle Larson to and what he has done this year has been, you know, Tony Stewart, you know, winning in just about everything he, you know, every different discipline of racing and AJ Foyt the the timeless AJ Foyt I mean who you know won stock cars Indy cars midgets USAC I mean he those those are the kind of talents that you know really span the um the world of autosports John Andretti being one but he never gets looked at in that same category but those those drivers there, they're they are like the true generational talents of motorsports, and Kyle Larson certainly has cemented himself in that spot of um, of um, legends, and obviously ten wins and a cup title, and this being the fourteenth fourteenth title for um, Rick. Hendrick and Hendrick Motorsports um, in second ever with the five car. The the five car, which that number kind of went away a few years ago when um, when they renumbered uh, the uh, the Chase Elliott car to the nine uh, in tribute of his father. Um, that five car went away after Casey came. And remember, that was like the stepchild of Hendrick Motorsports. Went from being their, the, the car, their first, their first ever cup team, to being an afterthought. And Larson brought that back to prominence. Did it proud. And did it in the same colors of... Um, the late Ricky Hendrick. I mean, there there were so many things to feel good about with Kyle Larson. This is a guy who earned his second chance uh, in racing and made the most of it and um, brought Hendrick Motorsports back um, before it was just Chase Elliott carrying it on its back um, for those few years. And, I mean, they are back with a passion. They definitely earned that a plus twice over. I'll add a couple of extra pluses after that A uh, for what they had done. 
Um, so, uh, I'm, I don't think I missed any more teams after I mentioned front row. Um, those are just the full-time teams. I know that there were a couple of one-offs here or there. Um, like, they were trying to get Stuart Friesen into the dirt field and all. Um, you know, well, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody will call me out in the comments on it. Um, but I think this was, this was a good year if you were a, um, Hendrick or a Joe Gibbs fan. Uh, not so much if you were a Stuart Haas fan or, um, you know, Roush Fenway, but these, this certainly had been a, a year to remember. Uh, so many firsts, um, first time on dirt, you know, you know, so many first-time winners, you know, with Christopher Bell and Michael McDowell. Uh, it certainly is in, and it, you know, for the last year of the Gen 6 car, um, we'll be looking at the, the next gen, the Gen 7 car next year, and I think that is going to be uh, widely talked about throughout the season, and um, I just kind of want to, you know, this is a fun way to reflect on 2021 and its spot in the uh, the history and the lore of the sport of NASCAR. Um, let me know what you think. Um, in a couple weeks, I'm going to be um, doing my predictions for the 2022 season. Um, so tune into that. Uh, also, you know, I didn't want to bog down this episode because it's almost 15 minutes now uh, which is one of my longer episodes if not one of my longest um you know i did not want to you know recap the xfinity and the trucks although there were a lot of stories um and there is a, you know a lot of news in those series um, most notably the news that todd bodine will be returning for six races next year as a teammate at um Friesen Hallmar Hallmar Friesen Racing. I keep jumbling that name up for some reason. Um, as a second truck to Stuart Friesen, um, in the hopes of getting that those eight hundred starts uh, in that series, and and I think Todd, you know, probably still got some in the tank and can win. Uh, never never thought I'd say that twenty years ago. Like Todd Bodine, go away! Ah, I don't like you. Ah. But I, 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 I have grown to become a, a, a casual fan of Todd Bodine. I'm not going to say he's my favorite driver on the track, but I, I've grown to respect him and enjoy him, especially when he's on TV commentating. Um, he is fun to watch. He, and to be honest, he was fun to watch on the track as well uh, when I was watching him race. So, um, with that said, we got a lot to look forward to in 2022 with the um, with the with the new car, some of the new venues, um, in the hopes that maybe by 2023, 2024, fingers crossed, that we'll either have Nashville Fairgrounds um, back on the NASCAR schedule for the first time in almost 40 years, and that possibly, possibly, I am still not holding out hope, and I really hope that good friend of the show, Ed Ballow, is not listening to this right now um, because his Christmas present, which is very late, um, as you're listening to this, it's already the beginning of the new year, 
that his Christmas present will be in from North Wilkesboro, uh, from North Wilkesboro Speedway, um, that he, uh, that we will see the, the famed, the well-beloved, um, track, uh, North Wilkesboro rise from the ashes after, um, was it Governor Roy Cooper, uh, signed a legislative order um, designating $19 million for track repairs and upgrades at North Wilkesboro that we will see it finally, finally back on the NASCAR schedule where it should have never left, to be honest. That broke my heart. Uh, anyway, I'm Matt Hardman, and you've listened to me for almost, almost an hour, guys. And girls, um, I, I truly hope you enjoy this. This is the first episode of the new year. Uh, I, I hope you continue tuning in uh, throughout 2022 as I recap um, uh, NASCAR. I will I will do some IndyCar. Um, just a lot of IndyCar. I don't follow a lot that it you know throughout the year. I mean, we did this year was a hard year for IndyCar. Not on the racing side. But on the personality side, as we lost three big personalities in 2021, um, with um, uh, the loss of four-time Indy 500 winner Al Unser Sr., then obviously the losses of uh, Bill Jenkins, a longtime announcer uh, for both NASCAR and um, IndyCar and IMS. Uh, we lost him early on in the year, then losing Robin Miller. And I think that one, that one, if if um, losing Bob Jenkins wasn't hard enough for longtime IndyCar fans, losing Robin Miller was the definite kick in the nuts afterwards. Um, two very very well respected um, motorsports journalists and announcers, and um, I I just. Yeah, it's put me at a lot of words because these were these were guys I I would read and I would make sure that I would read and I would digest everything they said about IndyCar and when they talked about IndyCar um, because these were who I got most of my IndyCar information from uh, Bob Jenkins and um, Robin Miller uh, so. You know, I'm hoping to cover a little more of them. Hopefully, more of the NHRA. You know, with some of the a lot of the new teams coming out. Ron Caps's new team, Antron Brown's new team, the new Tony Stewart drag racing team uh, with his wife Lee. Um, so weird saying Tony Stewart and his wife, because for many years Tony Stewart was just Tony Stewart. But uh, uh, so much more uh, coming up in 2022. So thank you for tuning in. And no, I am not trying to stretch this out to an hour. Um, so, I will be, you know, hopefully you'll be listening to me. You know, hopefully we'll have some other surprises. Um, some other little tidbits on the on the show. Maybe some more um, historical things. Maybe I'll go back to Car Wars. Something I haven't done in a very long time uh, with this show. Something I used to do with my previous show. And uh, so much more. So uh, thank you for tuning in. And I am Matt Hardman. And I will see you at the track.